Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Dark Souls is by far my favorite video game series ever, and for a few months, I have been featuring Souls-inspired metal bands on social media as part of Souls Metal Sunday. One of those bands is Vienna-based Spire of Lazarus, whose debut album was simply titled Dark Souls. Spire of Lazarus released their third album, Soaked in the Sands, on July 1st of 2022, which is filled with technical deathcore goodness. Today, I have this pleasure of speaking with the entire band, Julius Koschler, the band's guitarist, lyricist, and songwriter. Thomas Fianis plays bass, and John Ellis does the vocals. Gentlemen, welcome, and thank you for this opportunity. Hi. Uh, thanks for having us. Hello. What's going on? Not much so far. It's, uh, it's an early day for me, but uh, the guys over in Vienna, you've had a full one already. Yep. It's true, yeah. Just for the listeners, do you guys mind introducing yourselves, just so they can identify who's who? Who wants to start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'll, I'll go first. I'm uh, John Nellis. I uh, do the vocals. He's also the most wholesome dude in metal, I have to add. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, got, I got two kids, so I got to be... <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway in dad mode all the time. <laughs> oh, every time he, he posts a video, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just smiling. So it's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll continue then. Yeah, I'm, I'm Julius. Um, I'm like uh, the head of this band because yeah, it stemmed all from my brain, I guess. I do the guitars, I write the drums. Um, and yeah, do the uh, pre-production. And yeah, Thomas. Yeah, I do I do bass and um, send out the merch, basically. I think that's, that's the truth. Uh, which knowing Austrian uh, postal office is quite a challenge, but yeah, um, that's, that's about it. Um, yeah. So guys, was I right in saying that uh, Julius, you're the main lyricist, or was um, is that John? Uh, no, uh, I mostly keep myself out of writing the lyrics because mainly I'm not that good of a writer, and yeah, John does a pretty good job at it. It's pretty much uh, almost. Uh, let's see how do I, almost in a certain sense he'll he'll make suggestions or something like, hey, right here, do this, or the overall feel of the song is going to be like this. So then I'll write based off of what he tells me. And <clears throat> if there's any kind of corrections that need to be made or anything like that, uh, things that can make it pop, um, even if it's certain uh, sounding words that would fit the guitar tone better or anything like that, then he'll uh, kind of construct that. Okay. So I guess let's start at the beginning for all of you guys. Um, where did your metal journey begin? How did you guys start to get into heavier music? And who were those bands that pulled you in? Yeah, for me, uh, John, do you want to start? Oh, oh, okay. you, you, you go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm more interested <laughs> in your journey than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, let's see. To make a long story short, because I, I have a very bad problem with talking entirely too much <laughs> um but let's see to make a, a very long story short uh uh i i where i grew up like uh, i guess you could say general like rock music like uh lincoln park breaking benjamin stuff like that wasn't really uh the most popular i guess and once i got into that it kind of just spiraled into wanting to listen to the listening 
wanting to listen to heavier music. So then I found Slipknot. And then from there, I found White Chapel, Chelsea Grant, uh, Suicide Silence. So it all just kind of snowballed from there. And uh, I remember writing songs and things like that. And I just was like, man, I want to figure out how to do vocals. And what's hilarious is I accidentally did it one day. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, ever since then, I was like, oh, okay, that's the feeling, you know, because it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. But like, once I accidentally figured out how to do it, then it kind of just kind of just snowballed from there. <laughs> so, how long were you practicing vocals before you actually got it that one time? Uh, I want to say probably about. 30 weeks, I want to say. Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah, like, in, in, like, when I was, at the time, when I was thinking about it, I was like, man, it feels like so long, but since you asked it, and actually thinking about it now, yeah, it, probably about three weeks. I feel like I've been practicing that for years, and I still can't get it. <laughs> well played. It's, it's really, it's really weird, and, like, every now and then, people ask me, like, uh, how do you do it, and everything, and I just... I have no idea. I always tell them I figured out how to do it on accident. <laughs> Just a quick question from my side. Where were you when it first like happened? Were you like in the McDrive ordering chicken nuggets? <laughs> I was just about to say he was probably screaming at the ducks when it happened the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I, I forgot about those ducks. <laughs> I used to have these ducks, man, and like every morning, uh, we had this duck named Chad. <laughs> I I thought it I thought it was a boy duck. It turns out it was a girl. <laughs> uh, every morning I'd walk out and go get uh, go get in my car to go to work. And I'd hear like, <laughs> so I just kept like looking at him and just and like don't yell at me. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Actually, I can remember it very, very vividly. I was walking. <laughs> I was walking barefoot down the driveway at night. What was I doing? I was listening to, oh, I was watching a, a vocal cover by Kevin Bivens. And I was like, okay, that's how he does it. I think that's how he does it. And I did it. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, and then I, I almost felt like, cause I wanted to get into voice, uh, voice acting a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I would just try to mimic other people's voices. And for the longest time I thought that I was, doing it wrong like oh i'm just being a copycat or whatever but you know over the years learning other techniques and uh i guess finding my own specific sound um then it kind of just went from there mm. excuse me but yeah i was walking down the driveway at night barefooted <laughs> <laughs> I need to order chicken nuggets using that voice one day. <laughs> Please make a video of it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to because uh, last time we went through the drive-thru, uh, my girlfriend, she was like, yeah, I just want to get like a hot and spicy or something. So I, was, I looked at the the lady in the drive-thru. I was like, yeah, my old lady would like to get a hot and spicy. And <laughs> I just used the most hillbilly accent the whole time. And she's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. It's 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 hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so Thomas, what was your way into metal? 
Um, yeah, basically this is, I think it's the standard version it was like some mix of Limbiscuit and Linkin Park. And then a friend of mine in, in school when I was 16, just gave me like a copy of the black album he had lying around from Metallica. And that was basically it. It's like, okay, this is, this is it. This is the music. And from there, it, um, like I got into Slipknot and, and System of a Down at that point and all the heavier stuff. Basically I got it, I got into power metal for a from 18 on, like something that was strange few years and then back to straight to death metal and deathcore and, and all, all the stuff when Born of Osiris happened and everything that was like, wow. Nice. Okay, that's, that's, that's cool. That, that's, I, I always loved like speed um, mm. in, in music and, and when the first Born of Osiris album came out, I was like, okay, this is, this is like kind of the new fresh metal, like the new fastest, best thing you can do. So, yeah. Are you still a fan of power metal then? I, I am actually, but only a few bands, not not a lot. Like I don't like Hammerfall or stuff like that. I like I like Blind Guardian a lot, which I've never made a secret. It's like I love those guys, but I love the the aspect of stories they have, like the the fantasy. Since I'm seeing you have the Stormlight archive, like back there, like I love I love reading fantasy books, like the ones like these, like series and and power metal always had this kind of concept thing. And yeah, this is one of the things I love about the band is that, that we have this concept of, of, of stories, like this storytelling. So, yeah. It's an interesting uh, contrast between like death metal, deathcore and power metal. It's, it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that we are in any case a power metal band because I think Julius will straight up like kill me probably <laughs> but it's but it's the, the thing the thing that, that i think we got the best we, we got the best thing you can get out of power metal is this kind of storytelling mm -hmm. i miss this in a lot of other like i miss it in a lot of tech dev stuff um i love the arch spire songs for example love their lyrics i love how they get to kind of tell stuff and and i love that we have our own little little i don't know nerd nerd universe where we can just like okay Let's make a song about, I don't know, that time Kratos punched Poseidon in the face so often, like his head exploded. <laughs> That's just cool stuff. I mean, basically, basically, we, we took we took power metal stuff and made it cool, brutal. <laughs> I like it. And Julius, you're beginning with the heavier music? Um, so yeah, I guess my journey was the pretty average bedroom guitarist journey. I mean, when I was in like uh, elementary school, I discovered uh, Rammstein, or rather a friend showed me and I was like, oh man, this sounds heavy. And of course, then, uh, I was like 10, 11 years old, I got my first electric guitar. And then I discovered the uh, Metallica, Slipknot, and yeah, that, that was basically it. I mean, especially Metallica is probably still everyone's, uh, every guitarist's uh, introductionary band because yeah it's just those riffs man and yeah and it all started from there of course and some new metal stuff in between and when i was like peak edgy teenager i was really into like thrash metal like mm -hmm. creator uh, early slayer stuff i still loved it of those records and yeah then when i was about finishing school i had some short metalcore phase i guess like this early Asla Dying records, uh, Kill Switch Engage, uh, Lamb of God, if it counts as Melkor, I'm not sure. And yeah, then when I moved to Vienna after finishing school, I got more into like, uh, I was still 
pretty metalcore when also I got into the Dire Dismorder and stuff. And then in 2015, I attended my first real death metal show where I saw Nile. And then that was like the the switch that flipped and was like, holy damn, this is sick. I want to do something like this. So yeah, that's basically it. We've already touched a little bit on how John got into vocals. So for you guys, how did you get in your in, into your instruments and how old were you? And John, that last question is for you as well. Uh, how old was I? <laughs> yeah, when, when you started uh, uh, getting into vocals and taking it seriously. I was 14. I was 14 and uh, I, I would, it, it was, when I first figured out how to do it, it was about, I mean, it would be, every day every night and it seems like the first two years it's it's almost like i would take breaks for like a month because uh when i first started uh where i grew up it was in the country pretty much there was there was nobody that uh really wanted to play that kind of music and my first actual band that i was in uh, I was 19, so I started doing vocals at 14, and I mean, 16, I worked on the road a lot, I was never home, and at 19 is when I joined my first band, and yeah, it was, it was pretty much just like that. Um, yeah, for me, it, I started playing bass when I was 15, I think, so, um, classic classic stuff like the school band already had two guitarists and it was the one thing they had over was bass guitar and um since a friend of mine had given me the black album like two weeks earlier i was like okay there's this heavy stuff underneath all of the guitars like i'm gonna I'm gonna play that um and this is this is how our like my first two songs were i think for whom the bell tolls and and uh the other one was seek and destroy i think from metallica mm-hmm. so that's basically how I got started. Uh, took a lot of like took a lot of stuff from more from Jason Newstead than from Cliff, to be honest. Um, because I, at first the pick was just way easier to play the metal stuff. Like it wasn't until I was I think twenty or twenty one that I figured out how to make this punch with the fingers, like how to how to make an exact punch on on the bass with fingers, the same as with pick. Because um, I'm 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 still to this day like it has to sound good and if you can do it with a pick you do it with a pick if you can do it with the fingers you do it with the fingers but for me i think it was like 2021 with my first bands that actually like learned how to really like play uh in in a way that i was satisfied with the tone so started with 15 uh would you say like graduated with 21 from bass metal school so to say (laughs) And are you more comfortable now with your fingers or a pick? Yeah, I'm with, with fingers actually. It's it's. Um... I think live you exclusively use fingers. Yeah, except except for for one song that we have now that I, that is just impossible <laughs> that we tried out <laughs> with the last set. But no, it's it's, uh, it's exclusive with, with fingers because for me it's easier to um, uh, have the speed that uh, that Julius has, with the, especially the triplets, with just three fingers. It's way easier for me. It's, I, I can't. I don't have the the pick technique to be that fast. I only have the finger technique to be that fast. Like, yeah. So this for me, it's and I think it's 
it's it's a much more wholesome sound when you hit it with the fingers just like there's a lot more aggression to it um so yeah do you guys find that the pick is more accurate than your fingers or more, <sighs> i don't know if this is the right term but maybe more intentional I, f I think it can be more accurate at some points it's it's it really depends because if it's really like fast uh alternate picking with, with the pick that the Julius often does with the rhythms, mm -hmm. I'm I'm tighter with the fingers. Like if it's like some Iron Maiden on steroids stuff that that we have, like I think I'm I'm, I'm tighter with. with yeah, with I think it's, it's 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 a tricky question because uh, on guitar, obviously the pick is tighter than if you would like uh, play with fingers, uh, because it also has a sharper attack, um, which is one reason why I often use the pick for tapping. Like you, you get this super crazy Nintendo like robot fast sound, but uh, like with bass, um, I'm I mean I, I'm no I'm no bassist. I can play a bit of bass because I play with guitar. But what I noticed is that it's, uh, it's just uh, you you just create more impact. Yeah, it's it's just more saturated if you use the finger to like pick it on those thick strings. So like, I guess I don't know. You could play tighter with but it would still sound better with fingers in some parts depends also on the riffs and the music of course everything is probably way more complex but yeah no but that pretty much sums it up it's got to have something to do with like the surface area of your fingers versus the pick and stuff like that too right yeah, yeah. that's that that's about it the, the thing that i notice is it's just with fingers you have a lot more bass and and high and with mm -hmm. pick it's you're a lot more in the mid-range and okay. that gets in the way of guitars sometimes. I mean, you can mix everything, you know, but it's, yeah, just, just what I noticed, yeah. And so then, Julius, you would predominantly play with a pick. Do you ever switch in and out with your fingers? Um, not that I really... Uh, not really. I use the pick for almost everything. Um, I mean, for, like, tapping, I use different techniques for different speeds or different sounds. Um, I like to use the pick a lot as well for like tapping uh, with my right hand because yeah, you have a lot of attack and it just sounds, uh, um, you know, did this uh, Rings of Siren are famous for it, this super uh, robot-like uh, sound, which is, yeah, uh, we better to achieve and especially for the faster stuff. But uh, sometimes I used to switch to like, uh, I have this uh, weird two-finger technique that I developed where I I hit one note, but I alternate between uh, two fingers because it makes certain things easier and it sounds a bit different. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like a, a traditional like a playing riffs, I use the pick only. Um, what I do, what is probably a bit unusual, is I often switch between a, a two picking uh, uh, styles or like a ways I hold my pick because um, like the traditional ways, if you just slant the pick. Uh, uh, like uh, 45 degrees and there's people who do that but like uh, do it reversed i think uh, the, um, i think misha does it as well i think i saw an interview with him once where it was like yeah uh, it's super nice for him but you can't sweep pick with it i have to disagree with that it's possible as well you just have to be a uh, maniac but it works as well <laughs> you just have to be better uh, <laughs> yeah. oh but yeah because of all the, the, the pick tapping stuff I do, uh, some songs wouldn't work if I just pick in the traditional way of... Uh, basically, I, have to, I had to learn all my technique again, holding the pick uh, 
in reverse so i could like switch faster but yeah when you have when you spend too much time with guitar this is what happens basically so <laughs> i remember you you uh, sorry oh, i remember you played the, the, the icarus part like with, that we used to that, that i'm slapping as well you, you live you you did you, you slapped it as well on the guitar oh yes uh, true yeah i did that but i mean that was mostly for show on the record it's uh peaked as well that was that was funny because the first time I saw it, I saw him doing that. I was like, "What is he doing? Is he, why is he slapping? Basically yeah, slapping just, the part? Just show it's cool, but a but a good one. I liked it." <laughs> uh, so, Julius, you're basically the brainchild behind this whole band. So, how did that become a thing? How did you choose a musical direction, and why video games specifically? Um. Well, where do I start? Um. I mean, uh, like I told er uh, told earlier. Um, it all started like in 2015 when I saw my first death metal show and that was Nile and it was like oh my god I have to do uh, something like this because yeah my mind was basically blown I mean I've seen some quite heavy bands before this was like the first time I was really like you know my face got surgically removed because yeah it was an awesome show and I was like damn I want to do something like this and then in 2016 I guess I started messing around and was thinking maybe I just do some. Uh, I think one of the first songs I did was just like this cover of the uh, Cantina Band theme from Star Wars. I guess you can still find it on Bandcamp, I think. But yeah, I was basically the whole project started just like doing like funny or like meme covers of of songs, and then I don't know. I remember our first vocalist, uh, Christian, and me were pretty good friends back then. And both uh, already very big uh, Dark Souls fans at the time. And yeah, I basically made a few demos on my own. And then I showed him to him once. We were both at a different band at that time. I showed it to him. Uh, he was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then he uh, was starting like, yeah, maybe I can do vocals for them. And yeah, so it all came together then uh, we recognized yeah we love Dark Souls so much why not just uh, make songs about Dark Souls and that's basically what got the ball rolling I guess yeah I mean the the Dark Souls songs uh, especially the Dark Souls records are a bit special because I mean that was still the um, a lot of the songs on the record actually weren't supposed to be death metal or like deathcore actually um, a lot of these uh, songs stemmed from like demos I did earlier or for like different bands in mind, but they never got realized because people are like, nah, it's too fast, we can play that stuff. Or... Like technical guitarist problems, I guess, but um, yeah, that's by the way, it sounds like it sounds, but yeah. And then you guys also went through a name change, uh, I believe, just kind of around COVID. So what was the reason for that? And it was kind of like a rebranding or you just decided to change the name? Um, it was basically, I didn't like the old name anymore. Mm. That was, I guess it was the only reason, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I think I got a bit tired of it. Like I said, um, it started as more like a fun meme project and it was like, yeah, how do you call it? Yeah. I just don't call it damn. And it was like, yeah, sure, why not? But then we were like, uh, two full-length albums in and I was like okay this is not just a, a fun side project anymore um, it's I mean I 
I just wanted a more serious name, I guess, but still a bit nerdy and yeah. And this guy over here uh, actually came up with the idea for Spy of Lazarus because Thomas uh, likes or like to play Diablo a lot. Yes, and we were we were searching for names and like I was like, okay, what has awesome names for a technical death metal band? And I remembered that items in Diablo have ridiculous names. And and then I came across Spire of Lazarus, which I still haven't found playing Diablo 2 Resurrection. Like But I, but one of our fans think I think found it, like the staff in in-game. He found like the Spire of Lazarus. Yeah, I also yeah. get I also got sent the screenshot uh before. But yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. That's I still think it's a it's yeah, if if you want names for your bands, just <laughs> find find unique items in, in Diablo 2. That's they will they will do it. I often get told that uh they're like, Oh, what's the name of your band? Uh Spire of Lazarus. I'm like, oh, Lazarus was in the Bible. Y'all must talk about a lot of uh, like you know, religious stuff. And well, <laughs> 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 I mean, that's that's correct. Like, it's oh, also a, a biblical name, and yeah, just in case Tech Death doesn't work out for us, we can still be a Christian metalcore band, but <laughs> or both but, at the same time. Or both, <laughs> yeah. I'd have to figure out how to do a. Uh... High pitch cleans. But oh, please don't. I'm sure I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't worry. You guys are safe. <laughs> Just because I'm kind of a big nerd myself and I really enjoy the Soul series, I want to know your reasons behind putting um, Artorias and Manus on the album cover of your first album. Um, I guess the idea also stemmed from me. Um, yes, pretty sure because I always commission the artworks. But those. Two, I mean, Artorias was obvious because it's still my favorite boss fight in Dark Souls 1. It's just, I don't know, I still remember the, the first time I like beaten him. It was very, very satisfying because the fight itself is very satisfying. There are like, other fights that are very uh, uh, memorable. For example, you know, Ornstein and Small, and everyone remembers those, but not always in a good way, I guess. <laughs> but... Like, Atoris was, like, the first time I thought it was, like, damn, he's so fast, and he hits these combos, but it's fun. It's very, yeah, it's very fun. And Manos, because he looks very sick, and I don't know, the story between those two, it just works well, and yeah, I mean, those two are, if I think of Dark Souls, I have the most memories connected with these two bosses, I guess. That was probably the reason behind it. And they look cool. Yeah, they do look cool. I, I would have to agree with the Artorias boss fight. The first time I beat him, I was just overwhelmed with happiness, I guess, because he kicked my ass so many times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> but once you get the rhythm, it was awesome. Yes, that that's the, that's the satisfying way. It's it's like, I don't know, that's, it's probably a bit of far-reaching, but it's kind of feels like a bit like a prototype for what From Software did with uh, Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Fighting system. I mean, it's it's not that direct, but for me, it it feels a bit like it. It was quite a bit more fast paced than a lot of the other fights, and then also yes. the rhythm. Like I said, it was it was a lot more intense. I guess you didn't have as many time or as much time to pause. You had to kind of stay on it. Yeah. One of the things I like about your guys' band is that you guys base pretty much all of your songs on 
characters or locations sequences in different video games and you guys have a lot of different references so there's obviously god of war there's diablo dark souls and um the other one i'm thinking of is prince of persia are there other references in your music that others might not get that are less subtle Mm, not really to be honest um i mean not not in the way of like uh pop culture references um it's i mean i I very like uh, i very very much like the idea of like a concept record concept album but just like this is the overall theme and in our case it's it's a video game or video game series and all the songs are going to be about uh, they're all going to exist in this universe so i like that idea a lot and so that keeps me inspired for some reason um but i mean there's some like with the our last single was pharaoh or prince of persia and that also hosts some like metaphors for i think life in general i guess because i mean the whole record in a sense um because it's all about uh keeping balance in a way you know like you're playing super technical music all the, you have to keep a tight on the track and so but you also don't uh, uh you can't strain too much you don't have can put uh, too much energy too much power into it because then you uh, won't uh, hold uh, uh, the your stamina for the whole song so you have to like pace yourself and it's it's careful balance of like playing super tight and aggressive but still you know you have to conserve your energy very very well uh because else you're gonna fall apart and yeah and also like uh for it speaks also for the video games because it's also like a Especially Prince of Persia, I mean, all the games we've done so far, but especially Prince of Persia is very balanced in a sense of like you have uh, this brutal fights and still this more beautiful moments or like the karma stuff with the puzzles and the, all the climbing. And also the, I guess, the, the, this kind of love story uh, between the prince and Pharaoh. And at first he's more like, um, more like enemies in the beginning and then it starts to turn around and... I don't know. It's it's difficult to explain, but I think life is also about like keeping balance. You know, you can't push too much into one uh, direction because else you're gonna fall flat in the other. And yeah. Well, and then that's another uh, that's another thing I kind of wanted to trail off on was that personally, I feel like Pharaoh for me was probably yeah probably the most difficult one on the album to write and record because uh almost in a sense i'm uh i try to give more of a aggressive attack with my vocals almost like a a pissed off sound um but especially you know pharaoh's about about the princess and then um we had a female guest vocalist so it's like okay now I have to not only try to, uh, you know, sound cool, sound aggressive, but I also can't be too overbearing with it because it almost, uh, in my opinion, and for a metal song, it almost had to be like soothing, you know, uh, almost kind of calming, but at a this is about to sound really weird, but calming at a suspenseful rate, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but, 
and I, I guess another thing I've, I've noticed, um, so I've noticed a lot of people, um, they, they seem to think that Warrior Within is based off of a Dead by Daylight. <laughs> uh, I saw that on, uh, I think a couple different comments on a uh, YouTube or uh, even like, I think Reddit, I think, I don't know. I saw it somewhere else, <clears throat> but um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a funny thing. Cause you know, a lot of people are, uh, you know, wait, no, I'm so sorry. No, it was mask of the wreath. <laughs> I was, I was, I wondered why, like I said it and I, uh, I kind of looked at the camera and, and people were like, <laughs> but yeah no mask of the wraith a lot of people thought that that was uh uh lyrically based off of dead by daylight which i've never played dead by daylight i don't really know much about it but i've talked to a couple people that do and uh my brother in particular he said that yeah if if i'd read the lyrics and think about dead by daylight it would i would probably i would possibly get that but uh but you're within was actually almost kind of like a part two to soldier of sand because uh before we released the album you know my brother he uh he was in the room with me while i was recording and everything and he'd read my lyrics and everything and he uh he i forgot what question he asked me but then i ended up kind of reading a few different parts of uh soldier of sand to him and then reading a few parts of warrior within to him and then it, it kind of made a little bit more sense that Warrior Within is actually like a part two because in Soldier of Sand, it's about, you know, this guy is, uh, you know, he's he went to battle, comes home, his family's killed and everything. And then Warrior Within, uh, you know, there's the, uh, there's that line, uh, I believe it's before the first breakdown, uh, I've crawled miles through shards of splintered awakening now the loss has brought me to you so it's basically like he found the, the guy that did it uh it's, yeah so a lot of people have even they've asked me i say a lot of people but it, it for me a lot of people <laughs> uh about four <laughs> four or five people have asked me so yeah but no We've obviously touched on the lyrics and the style of song, the type of music. So, John, for you, what are some of the challenges that you have in writing in uh, such a concise manner? Like, you have to base your stories on the length and intensity of the song. Um, let's see, some of the struggles. I, I formed a habit. I don't know if a lot of people do this. I, I would imagine a lot of people do. I formed a habit of uh, counting my syllables. So if this is about the i'm about to butcher this explanation um <laughs> uh, but if i have um uh, is about to make me sound so silly <laughs> if i have too many syllables and it's an odd number i have to make it an even number this is that i'm not even gonna do that so <laughs> so I think actually I think that would be the main thing is trying to keep uh, everything to a timely manner because you know every now and then I'll write and then when I hear the instrumental I'll kind of modify my lyrics to be able to fit it better. There we go. That that makes a lot more sense. 
um i'll kind of modify my lyrics to make them fit and uh sometimes i'll have to add extra syllables i'll have to take out syllables and then that's usually what takes the longest is um doing that because i'll hear like okay yeah this sounds on time but then when I, when i'll send it to julius he's like hey the timing's a bit weird right here <laughs> i'm like oh he's right <laughs> I don't know how, but he catches on. Him and Thomas, they catch on to that so much quicker than I do. <laughs> so I think that would uh, that would be my main challenge with that. Do you often find yourself writing like too much or too long of a story? Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, for certain projects. Uh, usually, it's, 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 it fits pretty well with Spire Advisors, but there's been projects I've been in where I'll write a song and... Uh, I try to put it through an instrumental or something and it'll be almost three times too long. But I think that's a, uh, another reason why I really like the, the flow of this and everything is because it's, it seems to fit a lot better. Well, and I guess from my perspective, at least it would make it a little bit easier to write lyrics because you're basing it on a video game. So all of your albums basically focus on one video game. So you kind of know what to write about. Mm-hmm. How do you guys go about yeah, choosing so a video it, game for your albums? <coughs> uh, what was the question? John was coughing over it. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering <laughs> how you guys choose a video game for your albums. Um, well, I guess Dark Souls was obvious because um, I, I was playing the game a lot at the time. I still do from time to time because it's, yeah, it's just awesome. Um, and it was an obvious choice because I think Dark Souls is pretty metal. I mean, it's super difficult, you know, it's brutal. It has a lot of story, but it's very, you have to really discover it. It's not very, it doesn't uh, hand it to you. You have to really work something like metal is also very acquired taste. You know, if you if you don't read the lyrics, you probably don't understand them if you hear the song for the first time. And... Yeah, no, Dark Souls was just very obvious. And then uh, God of War was uh, Thomas' the, uh, idea. I think so, right. yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a couple of, like, we, we went through a couple of suggestions and just talked about yeah. franchises and we came to the conclusion. Yeah. I, I, bought a, I bought a used uh, PS3 and then just played the first uh, God of War trilogy, like the first three, and I was like, yeah, that, that was a good idea. <laughs> because, I mean, obviously, uh, God of War is pretty metal. Uh, as well, because you know, Greek myth mythology and all this stuff, it's just yeah, brutal stuff again, but also beautiful stories. And yeah, it's uh, that that was quite easy. And um, Prince of Persia was again Thomas' idea, yeah. And... Um, yeah, we, we talked about again, we, we just like what, what we're doing is just like we're throwing in a couple of of, of uh, like franchises and seeing what. What would fit best and uh, for some i like we had we had dark souls which is like really dark from like for me the atmosphere of the game is just very yep. beautiful but very dark and and god of wars just is like really like basically really brutal thing actually aggression and revenge and yeah because the storyline is basically murder everything like that is that that is the task and prince of persia for some reason i don't know i've, I've I love Warrior Within, like the second one is is one of my favorite games of all time, and I've, and I remember the soundtrack of it being like, like sort of very, very soft, 
but still metal and even Godsmack made like I Stand Alone or something was was on the was on the on the, on the uh, soundtrack of that and I felt like yeah I just thought it was a was a good idea to do that and uh, yeah. it worked out good I think yeah it, it 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 fits well to how the music developed as well I mean all the all the three games so far are quite similar in a sense I mean they're all third person they all like, have like really brutal elements of course but also like more intricate stuff especially prince of persia and i mean god of war itself has also some like puzzle segments yeah um, true yeah it just made sense do you guys have a roadmap put together as to where you're going to go next or do you have any ideas as to what you might explore um i've been thinking about it as since i actually f finished the soaked in the sand but i still at the moment tend to go back to the souls universe again mainly because i I love this game so much, basically, mm -hmm. and uh, I still need to finish uh, Elden Ring. I'm, I'm still not finished with the story, but uh, it's a time-consuming. But <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of it so far? Um, yeah, it's 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 sick. I mean, like when, when I first started the game, I was like, "Damn, they they did it again!" Basically, <laughs> I mean, the, the world is beautiful and like every i mean if you just look into the landscape and take your screenshot it could be uh like a metal artwork in itself i guess most of the time so i guess it speaks for itself and the character design everything it's just yeah it's it's a very very well made game and i guess it's probably my game of the year yeah i can safely say so i'd have to agree with you there as well something that i've been playing non-stop when i have the chance of course so you guys also switched from having like direct artwork for, i don't want to say direct artwork from the game but on the first album you had manis and artorias your subsequent albums they were more of like more of like your own interpretation of those worlds so what made you choose to go that direction um yeah i mean it happened for like two main reasons i mean uh the first reason was uh, uh more budget so you can basically like hire a better artist or some can put way more detail in it and the second one was like we wanted to be a bit more subtle about it so just just a tiny notch i mean if you if you played the games you still will recognize uh, ghost of sparta as the name but still it should be a bit more subtle and yeah that, that's pretty much it i guess i like seeing those worlds from different perspectives yeah, I think I think it's the same with with the lyrics. Like the lyrics changed from being like very direct to a bit more subtle to like opening up the whole thing to yeah like, to like I mean especially with soaked in the sense it was also a lot like uh, not just choosing this one character the song it's gonna be about this uh, the dudes uh, it was more like we like created our own stories that still would happen in this universe but don't it. And it's, for me, for example, I love the artworks from Ghost of Sparta and, and Soaked in the Sands because it gives you the possibility to, like, you can, because we don't say, like, okay, this is the character we wrote it about, so you have to, like, the lyrics have to be about this because you can basically, if if you like the, the games and if you love the universes, you can identify it with anything you like. Like, it's War Within can be anything you want, fairer as well. It's like, and that, that, that's a cool thing. I love that the artworks... Um, do that as well it's just like yeah a bigger imagination i would say yep 
from a listener's perspective, I really enjoyed looking through the lyrics and looking through the songs because I was like, well, if I was going to make a metal band, these are the things I would have chosen as well. And it was really cool to see that it made that connection with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just makes sense. I mean, I, I like to play this, these games a lot and they inspire me. So yeah, why not just write music about it? I mean, there's other bands that do, I know, uh, I think there was a revocation record that's very much Lovecraft inspired and they have just, just a great idea to do. <laughs> See, I mean, that's a, uh, I agree with that. There's a, I love, personally, I love when, I, I feel like this is something for everybody, but uh, whenever, you know, you'll hear something in a song or whatever and you get your own interpretation about it. Um, I think that's one of the coolest things about writing music is that it's all subjective and it pretty much there, there's a lot of songs that it can you know mean this to the person that wrote it but like you as the listener it means something totally different and uh yeah that's that's pretty much uh one of the things i like about being able to write the record it's almost uh almost as if you can write about instead of being more direct like y'all were uh, like y'all were saying how we went uh, we went with like a subtle approach it's almost like instead of just having to write about one thing being more subtle you can write about three to five things while still writing online you know uh somebody uh, somebody reading that one line could say, oh, well, you know, I got this from it. Oh, well, no, I got this from it. Maybe he means this, you know, so. It's just, I guess it's, it's um, so, sorry if I'm interrupting you, but it's uh, it's kind of like playing a, a nice RPG game, I guess, like, you know, Fallout or Skyrim. They can still, you know, going through the main story, but still can do like your own thing with it. Yeah, you create your own character, you self-insert into this world and you become like your own, uh, your own creation that sense so and it's still of course we, we we have a theme with the songs and we're gonna tell the story but still we give you the opportunity to like also get your own interpretation out of it and yeah i guess it makes it, makes it more fun for everyone because some people sent me like uh, this anime clip and uh, put like a song snippet on it and just fits perfectly and was like yeah you get it yeah <laughs> that's the atmosphere <laughs> it's nice what, what, what I love, is, for example, about the new album is that you can you can you can put your own interpretation in it, but you still get you can still figure out what it's about. Like it's you can still if you really want to, you can listen to the song and think like, OK, they're talking about this part of the games. Um, and, and I love that, for example, I love this with concept albums that, you know, it's about this stuff, but it takes you a while to figure out what it's really about, what they wrote it about. So that gives me kind of a kick like like talking to people like what do they mean with this one and then finally figuring out oh shit we were talking about this part of the game and it makes so much sense now um i, I love that i love for example farrah could, could be it's we didn't specify what it's about so you have a big choice where you where the game pops up for you like where you put it in and that's that, i love that that's for me that's the best thing you can do like lyrically and with the artwork that that worked out very very good as you guys have touched on already uh you're kind of moving in a more lyrically subtle direction what are some of the other biggest 
changes that you guys have made between your second and third album and what are you choosing to change in the future it's a good question <laughs> yeah that's a that's a really good question and it's not so easy to answer i mean what first comes in mind of course the the difficulty has increased it basically tripled with like how how intrigued the guitar parts are in some songs for certain but yeah that's my own fault but yeah that, that's why i write music I like to challenge myself <laughs> uh, because this game's challenging as well and uh, i don't know it's it's uh, for me it's difficult to tell i mean you know because it's not like you release a record then you do nothing for like two years and then you release another record it's a continuous process i mean uh, it's it's uh at least the, the progress is very uh, continuous so um yeah, it's difficult to answer. I mean, the, the first two songs on Soaked in, uh, we did for Soaked in the Sand, the so like uh, Root and Soldier of Sand. They both took about one year uh, to finish. Um, mm -hmm. So basically the whole first pandemic year was just working these two songs because it was so immensely difficult for me. But uh, in general, the third record was very difficult to write because yeah, it all happened. Uh, most of it happened in in lockdown mode no concerts to go no like inspiration from other sources but from the internet but um but it probably made it uh, sound like the way it does and probably also have to uh, get us more of a own sound going mm, because i mean obviously the the very notable uh, difference uh, from the second to third is obviously uh, the increase in production value. We had the budget to like hire a mixing and a mastering engineer this time around. And yeah, all these songs, it got way more intrigued, the layering. And yeah, probably the biggest difference in, in writing for me was I was more focused about telling stories. Uh, it was not like, uh, look at me, I can play very fast guitar. Uh, no, not a single song is really about showing off. It's all about uh, creating creating stories and the atmosphere. It has to be right, which is uh, funny because it it worked uh, surprisingly well. Because like for the second second record, I probably did like twenty demos, and the final record is uh, eight songs or nine, intro counting. I guess so. Yeah. And for Socked in the Sands, it was pretty much just the songs that are on the record, I guess. There's really no leftovers of it. So in, in that way, it changed quite a lot, I guess, in hindsight. But let's see what we're going to do next. Thomas and John, do you guys have anything to add to that? Um, like for me, I mean... I have a bit of an outside perspective to the whole songwriting part because Julius does the songwriting and I'm, I'm basically seeing, I'm seeing the big pro progress, like not in the progress of better or anything, but the progress of it's getting more intense and, and, and just, I don't know, more layered. And, and for me, the third album really was like, this is insane to play. <laughs> this is like really, it is insanity. It is, I have no idea what to do with that. Um, and for me, for example, like I took a huge step as a, as a musician from the first to the second album and another huge step from the second album to the third, which is like a lot of people I know went to very good bass teachers 
I basically went to Julius place and, and recorded an <laughs> album and, and it was it was very interesting for me <laughs> to learn these new techniques like to like tapping and stuff like for me this was new when I when we did this, the second album I was just like starting to trying to do this stuff and the third was like okay I can do this I can do the level of the second album and then he came with yeah but it's now double as fast so it just like <laughs> um, I remember there was there was one there was one moment when we recorded when I thought I had the tapping and I looked at you and I, and I was saying like it's twice as fast isn't it and he was like, like yeah it is <laughs> so I just played it half I was so happy about it I was like yeah I can do it half time and he was like yeah it's twice yeah but it's, <laughs> but but it's but that's also the thing. I never had the, the feeling that like we were sh we are showing off something. It's, it was never about that. It was never like. Oh, that's a, that's the funny thing. It's totally not. It was totally not meant to be like a show of record in any sense. Beat the guitars, the drums that are right, or yeah, the bass. It's it's just there to tell stories, but obviously in the most extreme way possible as well. Yeah, it's like, but it, it was always just like, but we could do it, like, like more extreme. Like we could do it. And and this this I think this is for for me the 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 step from the second to the third album was just just, just like mastery of of uh, balance like it's epic but it's still extremely technical but it's still so beautiful to listen to so I was yeah, very I intrigued. Mean, yeah, I mean the Dark Souls record uh, for what it is, uh, it worked surprisingly well, but it was mostly like I have no idea what I'm doing. At all. I mean, it was the first time I was really writing and producing songs totally on my own, no input from uh, whatsoever. Just doing my thing with it. I mean, I could barely play drums at the time. Uh, still managed to write something useful, I guess. And yeah, with the second was like, okay, I, I, I did it kind of way. I made a record now. I'm gonna make a better record now. I'm a real death metal record to sound like angry and stuff. Mm. And yeah, with the third, I was like, okay, I've written, I've written two records, both fun. But now, no, as much as I, I loved the second one, still something was missing for me, and probably that was what I was gonna try at in the third. I guess so. Yeah, I mean the first the first one was still like you didn't you say you didn't know what you were doing, but you were still doing it. For example, way faster and better than I had ever like heard some. So when I came to your place, the first record still was way like more than I've ever like much faster and complicated stuff than I've ever heard. But it still managed to be like this cool music that inspired like creativity, and it was. So beautiful moments in between, like it really was intriguing from the start. Like this, this fast parts, and then you have these beautiful slowdowns that you can just like breathe and enjoy. I think this, this makes. Yeah, I, I think so. that's that's uh, always important. I mean, to, to be honest, I mean some of my favorite bands, like a Brain Drill, for example, there's no really beautiful moments. Yeah, it's just like treading and uh, zero dynamic. Yeah, I, I fucking love the band. Yeah, but. I probably, if you hold a gun to my head, I couldn't write songs like that because for me, I still, I don't know, I do it unintentionally, but I always try to create dynamics in some way. And because, you know, death metal is pretty straightforward, just, you know, drums are 127 all the time and the guitar is always, yeah, it's 
you can really create dynamics with uh, like playing this part more softly or stuff like this. So you have to do it more in the in the composition way. You have to like like super fast parts and some parts that like breathe a bit or like the bass is tapping over this and yeah, it's way too difficult to explain for me and not in my native language. I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. A lot of the differences between your first and third album are, are quite noticeable as a listener, and it seems like you guys have finally uh, moved into your own sound. John, you were one of the later additions to the band, so how did you come into the fold? And for you guys, how is it practicing across the world? Well, so we met through, I met Julius through uh, another project uh that we were a part of in what was it 2019 i want to say and uh, it started yeah 1920 yeah yeah, yeah. and uh to make a, a long story short both of us we left that project <laughs> and uh so <laughs> j- yeah just to keep it as simple as possible <laughs> but um yeah, we, we both ended up leaving that project. Uh, I left before him. Uh, that's around the time my uh, my first daughter was born, and I I didn't I didn't really have time to record very much. Uh, um, on top of you know trying to learn how to be a dad, I was working like seven sixteen hour days a week, and it was it was miserable. And um, so whenever uh whenever i noticed the name change uh and i heard that they dropped brute i checked it out and i'm like oh my gosh like dude this sounds absolutely insane this is this is amazing and um their their vocalist uh he had to leave for uh uh I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's really my business, <laughs> but he he uh, kind of self-elected to, to leave. And so I remember me and Julius talking and he just mentioned the idea to me one day. And at first I was I was kind of like, OK, if I have time, pretty much. And after he sent me Soldier of Sand, uh, it all kind of just after I did it, I was like, you know what? This is actually really fun. This is, I really like doing this. So I'm going to make time <laughs> to do this. Um, and yeah, and I guess practicing as uh, far across the world is it's, it's, it, it's got its challenges definitely. Um, but one, uh, one positive about that is, uh, one of the things I do at my job I have now is I'll go deliver things. Uh, like we make hoses all day, pretty much like hydraulic hoses, industrial acid hoses, things like that. And after we make them, you know, I, I go deliver them. So I'm throughout the week, I'm in the truck a lot. So you deliver them with your normal that. voice. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Only the cool customers get to hear the the other ones, <laughs> but uh, it's it's hilarious. My boss actually ended up having to tell me, uh, like, "Hey, stop mentioning your band to 
Because <laughs> there was there was one place I delivered to, and it was like a, a I want to he wasn't that much older than me. He was probably in his like late thirties, and he ended up calling the office like, "Hey man, tell your driver I checked out his band. You know, I mean, it's cool. It's not for me, but it's cool." <laughs> but then they were like, "Hey, oh yeah," they were like, "Hey, you gotta stop telling the customers." So, but yeah, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm in the truck a good ma- a good amount of the time, and uh, a lot of the times I'll just listen to the instrumental by itself and kind of just practice like that. And I guess that's uh, one of the most positive things about uh, people that do vocals is pretty much any time they're in private, they can practice. You know, whether uh. I mean, versus like being a, a drummer or a guitarist or a bassist or even a pianist or anything like that, you have to have your instrument with you. So it, it it's com- kind of almost like a because I've I've met a few people that you know it, it's been like years and years and years, and there's uh, certain things that they still can't seem to grasp with uh vocals and it's you know it's kind of just like one of those things where it's like dude you have your instrument with you 100 percent of the time you know there's there's no excuse to not practice you know uh i've met people that they're like oh man i've been you know i just recently tried to start doing this and it's a really and i'm really not trying to sound conceited or anything but it's it'll be like a really simple tone and it's like I said, it's like, dude, you have your instrument with you <laughs> at all times. There's no excuse for you to not know how to do that. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that would be the most difficult part about being this far. Now, if we would have a full band practice, like in person, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be really fun. But the the possibility of that happening, it's it's possible, but it's it's a lot of steps to be able to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just working out schedules is hard, even when you're in the same city or state. So flying across the mm-hmm. world isn't always the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. At least for like uh, oh sorry. At least for like oh no. At least for like a recording and producing, I mean, it's gotten way much easier because um yeah, everybody of us has like their own like home setup. And yeah, I write a demo, I send it out, say, hey, check this out, and John listens to it, writes some stuff, and yeah, so, so sends me sends me his ideas back or just like a, a voice message where, he, so th- that's working quite well, I guess. And because yet John is very good at what he does, um, the, we really have to do a lot of revisions or something. So yeah. It's working quite well, I would say. Earlier, we touched on a few of the bands that got you into heavier music. So currently, who are some of your guys' favorite bands? And what genres do you guys gravitate towards? Uh, who likes to start? John, you, you do that so well. <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, I'm just over here trying to fix the lighting. Now it's a little disco <laughs> in here. Um, <laughs> so I'd have to say... Uh, I try to I try to keep my the music I listen to as uh, diverse as I can. Um, 
except for there's one genre of music i i cannot i can't stand i feel like i uh there's songs i love from almost every single genre of music except this one and it's uh zydeco i can't stand zydeco the uh the music with the accordion and everything i i just I have respect. I have respect for it. You know, I just, it's not for me. But, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all this specific. It's like this, I love all like, of you, but fuck you, man. Like specifically. <laughs> like, like, you, but in a nice way. It's like, you're cool, but we're not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, as far as favorite bands of... Uh, as, as funny as it sounds, but uh, <laughs> Lorna Shore's last record, uh, absolutely loved it. The and uh, the Immortal album, just pretty much the overall blackened feel of uh, this new like blackened uh, direction that Deathcore has been taking lately. I am just absolutely in love with it, and um, so yeah, I, I guess it's a lot of that. Uh, uh nf the the rapper um it can uh it can stem from you know lorna shore the nf to certain just really chilled out almost like vaporwave music uh i guess it all just depends as long as it's not zydeco <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Julius, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, you've made a good point um, with uh, like uh, switching it up, I guess, um, which I like to do uh, as well. I mean, uh, it kind of depends, but when I'm in like a peak writing mode, especially for this band, I tend to uh, not to listen to much of tech death or general death, uh, extreme metal by myself. Because, you know, if I listen to, like, uh, Artspire for, like, two weeks straight, then I'm going to write music that sounds like Artspire, which is cool, but it's not uh, what I intend to do. So, um, but, you know, in, in my free time, I still listen to mostly tech, I guess. So, I mean, if I have to list my favorite records this year, I guess it would be the new Carpenter Brut record, uh, Leather Terror. Which is uh, for those who don't know, it's uh, a synthwave, I guess, synthwave, dark synth stuff. It's yeah, it's just so cool. And the new Rammstein record, I loved as well. Really good stuff. And for, for like detective stuff, I mean, Felucia released a new record that's more more like into the old direction again, which I loved. Really cool. Um. Uh, Rev Revocation did something new. I mean, Revocation is it's just a guitar band. If you play extreme music and you play guitar, you dig them, I guess. Just cool stuff. Um, and for, for overall influence, I guess I would still just have to say Nile because uh, my favorite live band and they basically inspired me to do what, what this band is now. And yeah. Still some other guitar bands like Rings of Saturn, obviously. I mean, there's this big poster in the back. Um, they were one of the first bands I listened to and was like, yeah, finally something does all this crazy buckethead riffing and implements it into extreme metal. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, finally. Um, yeah. 
so much to list, but yeah, what what about you, Thomas? Um, yeah, at the moment, I mean, this year, what was surprising for me, for example, was the new Lamb of God album. I didn't expect anything from Ooh, it. Yeah, I, I still I still haven't listened. It is it is really good. I mean, it's it's not inventing the wheel anew, so to say. Like, I mean, it's a German saying that doesn't translate very well. But yeah, they didn't they didn't bring in anything new to the table. But what they brought just works really well. Um, which I think is due to the fact that they le left a, a bit more freedom for the drummer. So there are a few things in that that aren't typically Lamb of God, and you can hear that. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's new, and I, I really like that one. As as far as like non-metal stuff go, I listen to a lot of lo-fi, like just just in my mm. free time too, because my my job can be a bit stressful, and I need lo-fi to basically calm calm me down for the way to work and stuff. So there is this one guy. I feel like it's good for focusing too. Yeah. Started. Yeah. No, <laughs> That, that's right it helps me focus there's this one guy who does a, this this whole uh, like avatar last airbender lo-fi featured stuff so it's basically just took the soundtrack and just made like four lo-fi albums like one for each element and each nation that that just like that obviously got me <laughs> so well, i like to listen to that well actually yeah other than that i i uh have started listening to a bit more progressive um rock or metal which is due to the fact that my uh, uh girlfriend is is the singer of, of a very very good uh uk proc rock metal band and and yeah that got me into, back into like listening to, to stuff like like haken again which i haven't for a long time saw them at Euroblast once and i was like nope this is not for me <laughs> went out straight went out came back for cynic later but yeah um so that's that's something new that's definitely happening for me this year so yeah thomas you said your girlfriend is the vocalist of a prog rock band uh yeah novena is, is the band it's like the, the the second project of the singer of haken like the okay his, his second band or i don't know how you say it is like he has two bands he has yep. haken and that's the other one yeah yeah perfect i'll check that out later i haven't heard of them before so that's yeah um so that's that's something definitely new for me because I haven't. Brock was always just, just, just so much time. One song is 60 minutes, four <laughs> genres, and some somewhere there's the jazz soul in there, probably the saxophone. It's too much. <laughs> so, yeah. But since we have a saxophone as well, so I can't, that's not, that's no excuse anymore. For my last question for you guys, if people are looking to uh, listen to your music, where is the best place for them to find it for you? YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Please, I mean, I guess the most convenient for everyone is uh, probably Spotify by now. Oh, almost yeah, everybody I know uses yeah. Spotify. I, can, I mean, the record should be on all major streaming platforms, of course, uh, including Spotify, Amazon, whatever Apple is called. And yeah, of course, we are um, Bandcamp as well. You can buy it digitally and um, even some merch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would say like not your local scene, but no, that's too mean. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, sorry. So you can't find us in Hot Topic at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe Monday we we keep on doing what we're doing. Who knows? Who knows what the what the band will look like in the next three years, three months? Yeah. Who knows? You 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 get on the plane. As long as we just. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. And, and, and we'll, we'll show you all the clubs in Vienna you never wanted to play in, and you will play them. <laughs> twice a oh, week. A, uh, <laughs> twice a week. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> there's the, uh, see down here, the main uh, place everybody likes to play is at a place called the Boom Boom Room. <laughs> and it's, oh yeah, it's hilarious. Every time I have to tell somebody the name of the place, I'm like, uh, it's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> and they think like man where are you taking me <laughs> <laughs> but and it's this really small venue where the stage is pretty much just the corner of the room <laughs> and but i mean surprisingly it's it's it gets pretty packed in there well obviously it gets packed in there but like <laughs> But it's surprisingly a lot of people end up going there and a lot they everyone's able to land shows over there. But uh and you know, there's a few other places to play a show down here, but for the genre that I particularly like to do, it's not uh you know, you can't really uh like for example the restaurant up the road, but uh Buck and Johnny's they allow people, you know, to go cover songs in there. And I'm pretty sure it would be really silly <laughs> for me to go in there and say, okay, <laughs> the song is called the Haka. <laughs> Let me know what y'all think. I'd get like probably three lines at the opening line and they'd cut the mic and be like, hey, <laughs> you're banned. <laughs> you're out. Don't come in here. <laughs> Make a video of it. Please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, this is, you know, actually, that's a that's another really good thing. They have this place uh, downtown called the Green Room, and they do a karaoke night. And there's this guy on TikTok. I keep forgetting about doing this. There's this guy on TikTok. He's actually he's got a lot of views. Surprisingly, uh, I guess for being somebody from Lafayette area, and he goes in there and he'll cover like metal songs and everything like that, like Knocked Loose, uh, Slipknot, things like that. And I keep having the idea of like, man. I need to just go in there and just just meet up with this dude and just start covering songs with this dude. That would be so fun. <laughs> but I'm always I'm always uh I've always got something going on pretty much up until 9:30 at night. <laughs> yeah. So it's I barely have a free schedule. <laughs> I I can wait till uh till this one of my life goals is to tell the airport security in the US. Yeah, when they ask me like when they ask us what is our purpose of this day is like I'm playing in the in the boom boom room. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm not Oh that's gonna be yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, I will, the, yeah. Oh the boom boom room. Okay. okay. <laughs> they they'll know. Then they're gonna be like, okay, you step to the side <laughs> for a second. And <laughs> yeah, and like, <laughs> I, I can only, oh, I yeah. can already imagine like you is looking at me from the side, like, do not say it, do not do it. And like, <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm, you put a boom boom. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much today for joining me and taking time out of your busy schedule. So I appreciate the opportunity again, and hopefully we can chat again in the future. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.